Recommendations episode 46. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with. I uh, just got done eating Travis Laster, so I am fat and happy, ready to roll on this thing. Let's do it. It's been a fun couple of days. Uh, I did get the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game playing with the boys, uh, having some fun with that. Uh, I've also been watching. Uh, WCW 92. I've been going through. I've been. I started from the first WCW Saturday Night on Peacock, and when I get to a pay per view or a Clash of the Champions, I watch that. So uh, right now I am on the Great American Bash. Uh, Ninety two. That's a pretty good pay per view, sir. Sting's champ, right? Or he is, is Vader he's about champ? To lose it to Vader. He's about to lose it to Vader. It's all kind of wild because Bill Watts, you know, of course, they just in, implemented the rules. You can't fly off the top rope. Um, they The end of that month, what we're in fuck. July of 92. We're in July of 92. He says they're going to consolidate the U.S. tag titles at the end of July, um, basically have like a unification match. And then on this show, I'd never realized it, but they get the big gold belt back and they take the nameplate off it. And uh, they say that it's going to be defended in New Japan, basically, in Japan. And then uh, they talk about even then that they're going to consolidate that title belt with the WCW title belt, which doesn't even happen until like a year and a half later in 94. It's been pretty pretty interesting to watch. It's because Bill Watts didn't know what the fuck he was doing either. It's WCW. No one knew what was going the fuck on. They were just pulling shit out of their ass at the time, trying to make it work. The coolest thing, and I told Travis about this, is... I was watching Steve Austin, and all of a sudden, Steve Austin, you know, one week had the W or the uh, NWA TV title, and then the next week he had a different belt, and they were doing really weird camera angles, so they couldn't really get the belt head on. Well, the belt he was carrying out was the uh, six man tag championship, and we found out why because he actually comes out with the new television title belt on the Great American Bash when he teams with Rick Rude. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Is it, and that's the one that the new one's the one that kind of looks like the cruiserweight title, right? Yes, Correct. that we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice title, but I like the I've always liked the one after it for just for some reason because it was kind of basic, I guess, but more like a world title. Yeah, I, I consider that the Booker T title. Yep, Booker and Benoit the, title. Yeah, Booker T belt. Yeah, yeah, that's the regal belt. That's what, the one that Austin has right now. It's the regal belt. Is what we call it. But yeah, Travis, this week's episode, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Razor Ramon from the Royal Rumble 1993. This match is 30 years old. That makes me feel really fucking old. <laughs> Not even going to lie. I didn't realize it. Feel super I didn't realize old. it until I, I, I looked at the date and I was like, it's from Royal Rumble 93. I was like, holy shit, it's 2023. So it's 30 years old. This is incredible. So this episode, once again, is kind of different because this is Bret Hart's fifth time on the podcast. Uh, we actually talked about Razor Ramon's debut in the WWF in 1992, along with Brett's win over Ric Flair for the WWF title at the end of 92 when we covered the King of the Ring episode, Brett's entire King of the Ring run. Still one of my favorite episodes. Go back and uh, watch that or listen to that, listen along to it. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, the interesting thing is we also talked about guys like Bulldog and the Ultimate Warrior leaving in 92, which caused multiple changes moving forward to 93. So let's kind of let, talk about what led up to that Royal Rumble. Travis, do you have anything interesting regarding Bulldog and Warrior's release? Just that, man, they got busted for HGH, and then they were gone. Uh, they, they ruined Survivor Series. <laughs> they pretty much ruined yeah. the Rumble because Brett was originally supposed to wrestle the Warrior at the Rumble, not Razor Ramon, which messes up Razor's whole feud with Mr. Perfect. Um, that gets fast-tracked to Perfect and Flair. So they they uh, messed up a lot of plans the WWF had, I think, rolling into WrestleMania 9. 
is around Survivor Series is when they start getting their plans ready for the next year's WrestleMania, and it kind of fucked it for them. Well, yeah, because you know, on top of Bulldog and uh, Warrior being gone, Flair leaves the very next day. The very next night, Flair wrestles Mr. Perfect in the Loser Leaves Town match, and he's gone. So even with that, Flair is not even really a viable option for Brett to be a feud, which we'll talk about that later. I have some stuff I want to talk about it. Leading up to the Royal Rumble, Ric Flair continued to feud off and on with both Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, saying that Bret Hart was defending his championship too much to keep it. I like that. Bret was they're, they're, they're making Bret out to be a fighting champion. However, his opponents aren't very great. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, because... Uh, there's a video on YouTube that we, that you told me about where it's pretty much the story of Bret Hart and Razor Ramon and Bret's defending against Virgil, the berserker, um, people in that vein, he, Papa Shango's on Saturday night's main event. Like he's not defending the title against a one competition. I think he's defending it against flair on like house shows, but that's about it. I was going to say stars. Cause to me, those guys really aren't stars. They're like B-level job guys, essentially. If you're Virgil, you're C-level. Yeah, and then and because Virgil had a good show and against Brett, he got a shot at the Intercontinental title, too, according to Vince. Terrible. Brett would go on to say in promo, specifically, specifically one after his match with Shawn Michaels, that he wanted to face the biggest, baddest, and toughest challengers for the WWF Championship. That match I'm referring to took place at Survivor Series. Sean and Brett had a pretty good little match. Basically, he said this to prove himself and the skeptics that he really is the best there is, best or was, and best there ever will be. Brett really took the idea of being champion seriously. That he made it his a point mm-hmm. that he wanted to be the guy. And that Kevin Nash talks about it later on in one of the timelines. I think it was Kevin Nash or Scott Hall that Brett could, you could pay Brett pretty much very little and make him champion and he'd be happy. Yeah. Cause he, he valued being the world champion and having that respect over paydays and anything else really. Like he, he, he was the legit, he believed that the world title was real. And he in did. some aspects it was. And a lot of that comes back to when everyone wanted to get a payday and Brett wasn't asking for more money. They were getting pissed because they all felt like they've been working hard, um, even though the business was in the toilet. This is like specifically the end of 95, 96, uh, beginning 96, that Brett wasn't going and saying, hey, I want more money. So everyone else felt like they were complacent. Uh, the only guys that were really doing it were the click. And I guess, you know, that really wasn't on Vince's radar. I know Razor, that was Razor and Scott, uh, Razor, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash's reason for leaving is because they wanted more money and working less states and touche, you know, good for them for getting the kind of contract they got. True. Because I mean, Brett, it it happens later on, but you know, like they get those contracts, but there's talk that Brett got offered like $2 million a year, turned it down to stay. And then he gets $3 million a year the next year when he gets screwed at survivor series. So he, he got paid to be, Lackluster in WCW. Let's just say that. Lackluster. The the least we talk about Brett and WCW, the better. There's a few matches on our list uh, that are from that time period. But until we get there, I want to save all of that shit because there's so much of it. Uh, it would be announced towards the end of 1992 oh, yeah. that Razor would challenge Brett for the championship at the Royal Rumble. A few sh- short weeks before the show, Razor would attack Owen Hart in the locker room during his interview with Ray Rougeau on Mania to get Brett's attention. I actually have the audio for that right here. From the locker room area, I'm here with the Rocket, Owen Hart. Owen, things are really going your way these days, aren't they? That's right. You know, Raymond, 1992 has been a great year for high energy and Coco Beware and myself. And I think 1993 is going to be a lot of fun and I hope for a lot more success in the future. Very good. It's a known fact that the WWF champion, Brett the Hitman Hart, is your brother. But you must be concerned that at the pace that he is going, he will burn himself out. Well, that is true, Raymond. Brett is working at a very hard pace, but uh, he is WWF champion, and uh, I think that's expected of him. Just like myself, uh, we always try to give 100% and be the best we can be. Owen, I have to ask you this. 
I heard that when you were a youngster that your father used to take you downstairs to the basement, which you referred to as the dungeon, and that's where you learned how to wrestle. Is that true? That is true. There's eight boys in my family, and my father always wanted a wrestling background in all of his sons. So he'd get us down in the basement, and sometimes I'd wrestle Brett, sometimes it was another brother. Uh, as long as I didn't have to get my dad, because uh, he was the best wrestler around, and I sure didn't want to get in there with him. Obviously, your father was a big influence on you and on Brett. Hey, Rocket. Your daddy teach you that one, man? Oh. All right. All right. Your daddy teach you that one, man? Hey, Rocket. You tell your big brother, man. The w WWF champion. You tell him Razor Stack. He's next. Going back and watching so much Brett lately, it's kind of wild to see how much they relied on Brett's family and his storylines. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that Stu and Helen are there almost every time there is a storyline or a title defense or something, it, they were leaned heavy into Brett Hart. Like, he was their guy. Like, you could definitely tell that Brett was going to be their guy for the future. And why not? I mean, he's loyal. He's dependable. He's durable. He's very rarely ever out. I mean – he's wrestles with the flu he's wrestled after loved ones have passed away like he's the guy to take hulk hogan's place at this time in the company there's no one doing what he's doing except maybe the undertaker and the undertaker didn't need the belt i agree with that i 100 agree with that uh I, this goes back to mean the first time we really see Stu. i think's what in 91 SummerSlam 91 when he wins it from perfect I think that's the first time we really see Stu. Yeah, I believe so, too, because that's when they they start hyping up. And they're not even the front row. They're, like, up in the stands, but they have a camera on them the entire show watching him, watching them, or watching the match, I should say. Fun fact, that match is on our list. Tremendous match. Good one. Good one. Shortly after the attack on Owen, Razor would go on an episode of Monday Night Raw and say that he would slap 78-year-old Stu Hart if he got the chance. On the go-home episode of WWF Superstars, Brett and Razor would have one last war of words, with Brett saying that there are claims that he has been labeled the People's Champion. I have that long clip right here. This Sunday at the Royal Rumble, everything's at stake for all the marbles. You know, Raymond... You know what everybody says to me over and over and over? They always say, people's champion. Yo. People's. Hey. Yo. Hey, wait a minute. What's that? Hitman. Shut up. Wait a minute. Look at this. Shut up. What Chico. do you want? What is this? What is uh, this? Bret Hart. The people's this? choice. That's the right, working man. man's champion. Eight and a half years in the WWF. Where did this guy come from? The tag team champion. That's right. Two I, I, times. I, I rock somewhere. Why don't you come out here? Shut up, Chico. Two times. The Intercontinental Champion. And now, you climb your way to the very, very top. You're the main man. That's right, brother. You're the WWF champion. Say hello to the bad guy. Hey, Chico, squashing your baby brother like a cockroach? That was fun, man. What a low life. And Chico, if I see your daddy walking the street, I may slap his face too. Because Razor... Ramon takes whatever 
he wants. Hey, let me tell you something, Razor Karate, Ramon. Chico. Razor Ramon takes whatever he wants. And Hitman, I want you. You want me? You want a piece of me so bad, you think you're so tough. Why don't we come out here right now? Come out from behind your rock. Let's do it, bro. Yeah, we don't need to wait for the Royal Rumble. We can you step out me? right now. Go in that ring and finish I this thing. Let's do it. Huh? Come on. You're gutless. Where's Oye your me, guts? Chico. Oye me. Listen to me. Nobody tells Razor Ramon what to do. Nobody tells Razor Ramon when to do it. You want to fight Razor Ramon? You got it! Este Domingo, Chico, this Sunday, Royal Rumble and Chico. You look at me, you punk. Oh. There is nothing your fans can do. There is nothing to familia your family can do. And Hitman, Hitman. There is nothing you can do to stop Razor Ramon from taking your precious gold. Let me tell you something, Razor Ramon. The name's not Chico, the name's Hitman. And let me tell you something, I take pride I take pride in being the World Wrestling Federation Champion. This Sunday in the Royal Rumble, we're all gonna take pride when I kick your butt! Oh yeah! The Hitman Bret Hart, the WWF Champion, defends the title this Sunday at the Royal Rumble! It never fails that Bret Hart says this Sunday in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he does never. He never says it right. <laughs> I caught on to that a lot too. Is like in the Royal Rumble at the SummerSlam? At least it makes yeah. sense to say the Royal Rumble. Shout out to the guy who put together the whole promo packages. I mean, it has stuff from uh, Royal Rumble reports with Mean Gene o- Ogreland. Definitely go back and check it out if you guys get the chance. It's on YouTube. You just look up Brett Razor Royal Rumble '93, and it will pop up. It was pretty cool to see all of it and it kind of got you up to date with what's going on in this match but the show travis the royal rumble took place on january 24th 1993 from the arco arena in sacramento california with 16,000 in attendance that's wild that's a lot of people it's a it's a sellout boys it's a sellout for 1993 that is fucking good too because business is definitely on a downturn at this time yeah, I have some stuff in my notes I want to talk about, too, with the whole business dropping. Um, so we'll get to that here shortly. But here's what the matches that we got on this card. We got the Steiner brothers uh, defeating the Beverly brothers. Steiner brothers had just shown up. I think it was in November or December of 92. I think it's December because mm-hmm. literally the show I just watched, like they or the, the year I'm watching right now on WCW Saturday night, they're there. And just a couple months later, they're gone, which is nuts. Well, and then also that that WWF let them do a new Japan uh, date. They already had booked around this time in January. So um, not, not many people got to go work outside the WWF at this time and, and, and do those dates. So Steiners were something special. And I think they knew that, but then that's the whole reason they leave later is they won't let them work in Japan. So who fucking knows? Vince McMahon and changes his mind the, from day to day. Isn't the story too, that they wanted Scott Steiner to win the Royal rumble. Yeah, there was like talk of him winning the Rumble um, and like breaking them up already. But it really didn't make sense. And then that was a whole other debate. Like, brothers want to wrestle brothers? Like, no one wants to see that. And then, and then a year later, Brett and Owen are the 
brother versus brother storyline that carries them through the whole year. It would be would have been interesting to see, but they were way too hot together as a tag team right then. That'd be like breaking up the Road Warriors around that time. It made no it would make no sense. So um, it's really cool. WWF's tag division is um, not as good as it was, you know, in like '87, but there's still quite a few good tag teams around that time period. So it's nice to see the Steiners there. Nope. Yeah, I mean, and and definitely they're coming in to, and they're going to be the top of the card, man. Like there's nobody's close to the Steiners in the WWF this time. I mean, not in my eyes. No, I agree with that. Uh, we would get Shawn Michaels defeating Marty Jannetty to retain the Intercontinental title. This is the match that should have happened a year ago. Yeah, coming off the best tag team breakup storyline of all time, and it keeps getting snake bit, snake bit, snake bit. And fun fact, Marty Jannetty gets fired the next night because yep. uh, Shawn Michaels <laughs> says that he's drunk in the – locker room and they were just messing around as a rib and they took it serious fired him and then mr perfect had to be like hey man they were, we were just kidding and they hired him back like four months later <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> poor you know did, did you get to watch the dark side of the ring yet with marty i i have not i ordered that set you need to watch from, it uh, mr jerry mr jerry jackson shout out make some good uh wrestling sets yeah yeah uh Shout out to Roy Dam as well. Uh, the, if you listen to the podcast, you know who that that gentleman or lady is. I can't. I don't know if it's a man or woman, but that's where I get all my good bootleg stuff from. Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Big Boss Man. We would get Brett versus Razor for the WWF title, and then of course the debut of the narcissist, the narcissist, 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 Lex Luger. <laughs> Bobby Heenan could not say his name, dude. The, the crazy for anything thing is, is during this show. Dude, when this match starts, like if you look, they're already constructing the Lex Luger thing in the entrance way. Oh, and and then uh, what is it? Bobby has to run down right after the match is over. Like he's already going down as Bret Hart's music's playing. He's like, I got to go. It's, it's time for the unveiling. Like he keeps talking about the, the whole damn show. <laughs> Bobby and uh, Bobby, it, it made me happy to hear Bobby and Gorilla on commentary during this match as well. Uh, and then of course you is, get the Royal is, Rumble match. Go ahead. Is it is this the first match we've had with Bobby and Gorilla? It could be. I think I it think, might be. I think it may be, which is wild because they're like the track of the the nineties, the early nineties, primetime wrestling, all that stuff. It's it's just crazy. This is our first possibly listening to of them two guys solo together. Yeah, the uh one thing I missed, Bobby didn't do it during the show because I listened. I watched all these matches leading up to the Brett and uh, Razor match, but uh, he didn't whistle Shawn Michaels' theme like he used to, and it made me laugh whenever he would do that. <laughs> he didn't do it this show, so I was a little bummed. He's got some one-liners in here, though, that are stupid. He's got some good ones. He's got some good ones. And then, of course, we get the Royal Rumble match, which was won by Yokozuna with Bob Backlund being the Iron Man for one hour, one minute, and ten seconds. And hit that record stood for a long time. I think, I think it's Benoit that beats it. If I'm not badly fooled, I think it's Benoit. Then Ray beats it in 06. Yeah, be, Ray beats Benoit's, and, and when he uh, when he wins for Eddie. Hey, Chavo Guerrero like, would say think, he's bastardizing his name. I think it. Ray was in there for an hour and two minutes, and now the record's held by Gunther, who was in there I think an hour and eleven minutes. WWF is breaking all their old records just so they could have new guys have them. I am convinced. You know, th in this past year's Royal Rumble, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. I had a lot of fun watching it. Made Gunther look like a star. He had his Diesel moment. Yep, I I, I could see him winning the Royal Rumble uh, this next year. But Travis, before we roll into this week's episode and watch along, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hello, Wrestling Recommendations listeners. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purist Podcast, alongside my tag team partner and best friend, Jeff. We are the Wrestling Purists, 
two guys who share a love for the sport of professional wrestling and have been podcasting since 2020. Our flagship series, The Retro Review, is where we take a show from the past, bring it to the present, and cover it through the lens of a wrestling purist. We also have Pure Talk, an interview series where we welcome talent to the pod to talk all things professional wrestling. We can't talk about our pod and not mention The Shoot, a series where we get together with our good friends, Eddie and Travis, from right here at Wrestling Recommendations and shoot on whatever needs to be shot on. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and all social media outlets at WPPod1. All direct links and more are available at our website, linktree.com slash WPPod1. Come give us a listen as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. And we are back, Travis. What you guys, if you want to watch along with us, pull up your Peacock app. You can look up the Royal Rumble. Uh, go to 1993. Uh, we're going to start at 54 minutes and 50 seconds, I believe. Season 6, Episode 1, 54 minutes, 50 seconds is where we're at. God, I hate um, Still hate the way Peacock does it. Yeah, I, why not just do the year? Just do the year. It says 1993. Like, I really wish... There was a function. I've talked about this in the past, like how the network, the WWE network was set up. But like how I'm watching through all of the um, WCW Saturday nights, if there was a way to make a timeline of episodes and then plug in your Clash of the Champions and pay-per-views into that, like if it gave you the option or if, the or if it just to would, do it yourself. Like a prompt or maybe a prompt. It's like, would you like to watch the Clash of the Champions? And then you could hit yes or no. That'd be cool, yeah. but man, they just know that would require a lot of thought, you know, and, and I really miss the <laughs> WWE network because the construct of the WWE network was so much nicer because that's all it was focused on. It wasn't focused on movies too, you know, with Peacock, but I can't complain. I mean, I'm paying, I think I only pay $4.99, so I can't complain. Yeah, I, I still miss the WWE network in the way it, and it worked. Um, at least we do have the autoplay feature and all that stuff though. That that's cool. Used to, you have to keep clicking on the next one. That sucked. (sighs) Take the good with the bad. So Travis, are you ready to watch this match? Fuck yeah. Let's do it, buddy. I'm going to say three, two, one play guys. And we're going to start this match. Three, two, one. Play. <laughs> Ooh, Bret Hart, you know, man. I this is one of my out. favorite Bret's gears, baby. It is. I love the, the all pink. And he very rarely wore the Hitman like that on the back. We were wrong about Razor's gear from last week, though. It is red, not green. Uh, yep, you're right. He wear you're red right. often. This is one of the few times I can think of him wearing it. It's almost like a burgundy. Yeah, this is great. I, I figured uh, out how I the actually, network. Uh, I said I figured out how the network could fix it. Just make a 2000s playlist, WCW 2000s playlist, and press play, oh, and then just plays the timeline out. That's all they got to do. I love that Brett <laughs> gave his glasses to this kid, and Razor <laughs> flicks the fucking toothpick in the kid's face. It's great. Oh, it's so awesome. It does. Brett's like the way his tights go up looks kind of weird. Like it was supposed to have something on the. The singlet top, and it didn't almost yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. When did you first see this match? Oh, I rented this tape. They had they had all the Royal Rumbles at my local video store. So, man, probably 94, 95, I'd say. This is my first time seeing it. Yeah, I was the same. I used to always rent this one. I always loved the Royal Rumble as a, as a whole. I always rented... Um, I feel like I always rented 93, 94, 95. It was always my go-to ones that I rented. Oh, I rented 94 all the time because The Undertaker went to heaven. Yeah. And I had to see that all the time. <laughs> and I always loved it because of the double finish So uh, and, the, and the rumble. Man, the way that Razor yeah. throws Brett into the fucking corners yeah. is, is so great. 
And then Brett working the leg, which becomes the story of the match. It is. It is very much the whole story of the match. The whole idea that Razor's this taller guy and Brett's going to chip him down. And uh, I, I love that. I love that move too. It looks so devastating. And it's not like, it's not at all, but like, it looks like it hurts. Well, and, and Bobby keeps talking about during the match, he's, he's too big for him to put the, put the uh, sharpshooter on stuff like that. So they're definitely playing up the legs a lot in this match. I already got a figure four on them here too. Yeah. I have in my notes here. I said, Brett attacks the leg to bring the taller razor down to his level. Bobby says razors legs are too long for the sharpshooter, but wouldn't it be easier to put the sharpshooter on with somebody who had longer legs? It is, but I could see what the brain's trying to do, trying to make Brett seem like the smaller man, kind of chop a man down. So I get it, but Razor's not that much bigger than Brett in 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 reality. Yeah, uh, I feel like Scott Hall is really tall, and just he's always been around taller guys, so he always doesn't he he pales in comparison to like the Undertaker or uh, you know Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is you know a legit seven foot tall guy, and he looks shorter next to him because of that. I just I, I love Razor selling here on the leg too. Yeah, this is he almost just kind of hill. Up and took it down. That, cool. Yeah, this is kind of a hill yeah, move. Ninety-seven, Brent. Yeah, I was hoping he'd put the sharpshooter on that. There's Stu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bobby does that later on too. Oh my god! Makes fun it of is, I think I, I think I sent it to you, didn't I? It was right here. Is that at this exact point? Yeah, I had did. to send it to you. <laughs> So I got, I got to ask you, so like, you know, originally it was supposed to be warrior and Brett and warrior. I could already see him scoffing at the idea of putting Brett over. Do you think flair versus Hart at the rumble would have made sense? <laughs> I think it would have made it, excuse me. Um, because uh, flair never really got a rematch that anybody got to see. So I don't know if maybe that was the, the payoff was going to be. They should have done Flair Brett here, got Razor perfect at the or Razor and I don't know Razor. I don't know what Razor. We probably Razor Warrior maybe at WrestleMania, and then uh, Flair and Perfect, and then Brett would have still fought Yokozuna. But I feel like uh, Flair here with Perfect interference or something would have made sense to get to WrestleMania. Yeah, I feel like right here. Um... I almost feel like you could have put, you could have done, well, I feel like it would have probably took away from the title match, but you could have done the loser leaves town match on the rumble. Um, but I just think it would make, no. it would, it would make Brett look bigger in everyone else's eyes. Cause Flair's a two-time champion and he beat him for the title. And then he beats him in the return match at the Royal rumble. I feel like it would have made sense. Because I know we keep talking about that video, but if you go back and watch that video, the feud is very much perfect and razor. And then all of a sudden it switches. Like all of a sudden it goes to Razor and Brett. But the whole first few, like 30 minutes of the show, uh, Razor's or video, Razor's cutting uh, promos on Perfect, not Brett Hart. And then Razor and Perfect never blow their feud off. So it's kind of cool. it's kind of weird that like I guess they've, they've switched it up. When you think about it, there's nobody really for Brett to feud with to get him even to Mania. I mean, that's kind of, I think out of necessity, they had to make Yokozuna their monster heel because they didn't have a monster heel. Yeah. And it was very, very rushed. And I think this is one of the few rumbles that uh, something to wrestle has not covered. And so you don't really get that lead up into what happened as much here, but that'd be a cool, a little pick, pick the brain of what was supposed to happen there. Cause flair's gone really quickly. And then he doesn't get to wrestle for WCW for like another four or five months. So it would have made sense to at least get Flair to Mania, but I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. Helen, Helen's concerned. Helen's concerned. Yeah. I like I like the crowd shots of, of, of Helen and Stu. I like that. I feel like it adds more realism to it. Look, you see in the background, they already got the Lex Luger thing set up. I don't know if you saw it. Yep. Yep. And there's Stu and Helen right front row, right there. Uh, so I have an idea, like, because I'm assuming they were in scramble mode. Bulldog's gone, so he was, you know, with your mid mid card title. So your mid card title, it's kind of eh, you, like feud wise. You have Warrior gone, which 
Warrior still was a big name. I mean, he 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 was a box office draw for them. He's gone. Flair puts his notice in. So I'm almost assuming if Flair would have stayed, Brett would have worked Flair here. I think that would have made sense. Perfect and Razor could have been the feud. But I have in my notes later on, I'll even talk about it now though. Wouldn't it make sense to do Razor versus Savage at WrestleMania as a marquee match? You think that would be smart, but what would Warrior have done? Like, I mean, I don't know unless it's Warrior and Flair at Mania because that their whole feud was based off of Perfect. Probably would have never wrestled if if Warrior had hadn't got fired. So then that that throws Perfect out of the whole equation. So. Yeah, I would have thought Razor and Randy well, would have made sense, but like that kind of mm-hmm. ruined that whole feud with Warrior getting fired. If you look at it in that way as well, if you're putting, you know, if Flair's still around, and I mean, and Warrior, you would probably get Warrior and Razor at Mania. That would probably be the match you, you would you would have gotten. <laughs> it's, and instead, it we get sucked, Razor but... and Bob back. I just that's the thing, and I, I, I know we've we've talked about it too. Uh, the original plan after WrestleMania was Brett was supposed to beat Yoko, and then Brett was supposed to enter into a feud with Luger, which would have worked. I think that would have worked. I think they would have had all right matches. Yeah, because they set it up because Luger attacks him at the WrestleMania Nine press conference and all that stuff, and they set it up, and then that didn't work for Terry, brother. Which rolls into perfect. Yeah, because it would almost make sense because Luger and Perfect really only have that one match at Mania, and then Luger's or Perfect's into a feud with Sean, which works because they need it in the mid card. Mm-hmm. I get it, but they're they're in a really weird position because, like I said, if you look at it, who is the top heel right now? Flair, and he's leaving the next night. And they've positioned than- Razor to be second, but. And I feel like that's a problem. It's a constant with the WWF at that time is you have a great baby face, but you don't have a heel for him to either chase or to, you know, put the title in danger, you know, great crossbody. Quick kick out too. I like the roll to the outside there. Like it's just, I don't know, man. It, it just feels like this feud was just the rush thing give Brett a match, but we got a great match out of it. Like these two always had great matches and I don't know why WCW didn't capitalize on it later when he was Brett and uh, Scott Hall are in the same company. And the same thing with Diesel and Brett. I I think the work rate has, had gone down because they had gotten so complacent. I mean, really, when you think about it, can you really remember a great Kevin Nash or Scott Hall match from WCW? No, and that that's a sad thing. After their ta- you get out of their tag matches with the Steiners and Harlem Heat and stuff, all their matches are have interference though. So any match that was started out good always was tainted by that. Like I mean, Goldberg and Scott Hall is probably one of Scott Hall's best matches in WCW, and that's sad that's, to say. Scott Hall and Steam have a match. I think it's at um, I can't remember what show it is. It uh, is it's not uncensored, is it? It's uncensored. I believe. Yeah, because Super Brawl is Hogan Sting 2. Because you get, because Scott Hall cashes in his World War Three contract, like title shot kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was going to allude to. That we, we get to talk about, you know, him winning the World War Three Battle Royal. Uh, fun and interesting fact, guys, this is Royal Rumble. Razor Ramon never, uh, never competed in the Royal Rumble match. And that's crazy to think about, too. He's always in a singles match. Tells you he was in a great position with the company. Yep. 93, he wrestles Brett. 94, it is IRS. 95, it is Jarrett. 96. Jarrett. It's Jarrett again. No, Goldust. Yeah, that's it. Goldust. That's Goldust. And he's gone. Great. Tope Suicida. Bret Hart with the dive, guys. Bret Hart with the dive. You know what, though? For the time, you're not, and especially in WWF, you're not seeing that. 
no, that he's pulling out all the stops, literally, as Gorilla Monsoon would say there. I like the sell job. Razor's doing a great job. And he's still selling the leg. And he, Brett just shoves him into the corner. He does a 10 punch, but his punches look realistic and they, they break it up. It's I like that. It's not like he's trying to get the fans behind him. He's just trying to beat the dog shit out of him. He's tried to make Razor a legitimate like contender in this match. And like you, you, you can't say he didn't here. Like Razor's always around the main event upper mid card from here on out. Like ever since he came well, I, in, he never left that. Here's here's the thing. Brett got it. He realized if he is champion, he's gonna have to have people that are contenders that look like main eventers with him. And I wish more people like Sean never, I feel like Sean didn't really see that for a long time. It was all about him and the click. And, you know, in this situation, Brett's not looking out for himself. I mean, he wants to make sure he's having a great match as well, but he wants to make sure the other person's looking good too. So they are taken as a, like, you know, a contender later on. Oh yeah. I love the little wacky legs there by razor as well, but you're right, man. Like Sean didn't get that. Like that's the whole thing with Vader. If he'd have put Vader over, you would have had a monster hero for years to come, but instead they cut the legs out of Vader in 96 and he never recovered. Um, and same thing. I mean, what would it hurt to put the bulldog over at one of those shows then win the match right back? I mean, I don't think Sean got it as far as making stars for him to work with in the future. Yeah. And it, it, it just felt like Brett's selfless. And they're like, what? Bobby's like, why is he not going for the cover? And Brett goes to Brett's rope here. And it's a clothesline. Beautiful clothesline. You know, a match that we never got to see, and I know where I'm watching through right now in WCW 92, Pillman and Brett would have been a great match. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and Pillman before the car accident, that would have been a great match to see. Like, those two guys with their styles, I think, would have meshed really well together. It would almost have been a Brett-Sean kind of dynamic with a little bit higher flyer versus the – the technician it would have been it would have been a great great little match plus they had the stampede thing to feed back on oh yeah uh brett's kind of hitting the greatest hits right also, now hit the russian leg sweep also could have brought bruce in <laughs> oh god bruce i got this idea vince <laughs> pillman's getting hurt and i come in there and break it up and brad won't let go of the sharpshooter and i break it up and me and him wrestlemania baby WrestleMania 9 for the title. I win. But then Hogan comes out and challenges me. <laughs> beats me. <laughs> I'll do the job, Vince. I don't care to do the job. Uh, so right here is great. So he's oh. trying to slap on the sharpshooter. And Earl's asking him. We know he's in the way. This is a cool. I love the spot. It's great. It's great. And I like the fact. I'm going to compliment Earl Hebner here. And I don't normally do this. Earl. This is probably the best instance of Earl Hebner in this match. He's almost unnoticeable. He doesn't make it all about himself. Yep. And you you don't see that spot that Razor just used hardly ever in matches either, where they pull the ref in and do the little – he uses the ref to break the spot. It's it's It was a nice touch. I liked it. I really liked it. Um, I do feel like – I feel like this title run is very – it's not very memorable for Brett. I know he has some good matches here with Razor, but I think it just falls back to the fact that he didn't have anybody to work with. And uh, I feel like there's some criticisms against that. And I can understand that. I, I got to put over this spot really quick. Uh, that's about to happen because it's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Brett's going to roll through. God, that was cool. And hit him with a back body drop. That was so cool. I love that. So, so badass there. Here's a, here's a question for you. If, if per Ric Flair didn't have his inner ear vertigo thing, do you think Bret Hart wins the Rumble and challenges Flair for the belt at Mania? That makes the most sense. And you could have crowned Bret at that show. The whole I think the whole reason they took the title off Flair as soon as they did was because he already said, I'm leaving. I'll give you like 90 days. I'm leaving. That's why he beat Savage for the title so Bret can put him over. So he can put Bret over clean. And uh, I think that would have made the most sense. And you could have had Razor versus uh, Warrior. At, um, at WrestleMania as well. Just to think, like you would have had Hogan and Beefer versus you know, Money Inc., which I'm okay with. It's fine. It's what it is. Brett versus Flair. Brett gets his crowning moment. He wins the Rumble. 
I think that makes sense. Yoko could have been a mid-card guy. Or Yoko would have been the guy Yoko instead of Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, I think maybe you could have done Yoko yeah. Taker instead of you know Giant Gonzalez. That would have made more sense as well. Um, I do feel like I, I have a, I have a hard time. Like I can't I can't pinpoint if I like this match or their King of the Ring match more. I I like this match better, and I think, I think it just this match- is because there's more time to tell the story. That's exactly. I have my notes. They, they give it more time to breathe. Uh, I like that quite a bit. I like it more. It's just like the right there with the reversals of the razor's edge and stuff. It doesn't feel like rush. They they get their they get almost twenty minutes with this match and they use every minute of it. Uh, everything makes sense. Everything means something in this match. They, he works the leg. Razor's trying to use the power to take you know, take him down. Nice shot of uh, Stu and Helen there who can help uh, Bret Hart carry his bags home because they're going to be a little bit lighter because he's going to have that title. <laughs> That's what Bobby Hand said. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get to cage match. Cagematch.net users, Travis, what do you think they rated this match out of 10? A seven. You're close. It's a 7.16 out of 10. With most saying it's a very good match with a good back and forth battle between the two, with this match being the highlight of Brett's first up, title run. Up. Here comes a finish. Finish. Fin- he Great. Kinda, they, they, Great. He, he hooks the leg the wrong shooter. here. It's the only way, the only thing. But yeah, 7.16. Let's see. Let's watch Brett get the sharpshooter on here and we'll get to Lene's Mountie Mark. Great match. This match flew Tap. by too. It, 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 the crowd pops. Look at that crowd. This match flew by though. Yeah, it's, they're popping hard. Well, I, I think the cool thing about all this too is they've watched Brett. Look at Stu. Stu looks happy. I've never seen him really happy before. He always looks mad. Um, or that's just his resting <laughs> bitch face. Uh, he, um, I, I think the crowd saw Brett grow up. I don't know if any of it makes sense. I mean, they've seen him, you know, grow from a tag guy to the, mid card to the 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 world title pitcher and i think it it resonates people are like I, we follow this guy it's cool to see you know a, a, almost like in their mind a homegrown guy make it you know he's their guy like you said like even grill monsoon touches on it in the commentary that he he they watched him go from tag to ic to the world title they've been with him on this journey from heel to face he's won the crowd over He's their guy. So, yeah, I very much agree with that sentiment. I love it. Lene's Mountie Marks. Lene's Mountie Mark of the Week. T-Law wrote four out of ten. I love Razor Ramon and the character and Bret Hart wrestling, but this match was way too slow. Had good moments during the end, but the first ten minutes were a snooze fest. And the match didn't have enough intensity, especially when you see how Razor acted during the feud. I I don't understand that because the guy literally, it, Bret Hart is a smaller guy. He's trying to take the legs out of Razor. He's being methodical about it. He's working a body part. Limb manipulation, goddammit. Like, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to slow Razor down. He's Bret's intense too. Fuck, Razor attacked his younger brother on WWF Mania and like, injured him so why would brett not want to methodically take out razor Ramon? i don't i don't agree that the first 10 minutes was a snooze fest i thought it was a very well-paced match they had 20 minutes and like you just said it flew by so um and razor right there at the end was all over brett beating him down taking his shots on him kicking him he used the ref in a, a great spot so i don't know what the guy was really watching there because i thought there was enough intensity enough pulling rabbits out of their hats to make this match very interesting and good. So T-Law can go suck a dick. The interesting, interesting thing about this is T-Law wrote this, I think just a couple of weeks ago, it was like less than a month ago. So it was in July of 2023. So from July, 2023 eyes, this is, he wrote, he rated this match a four out of 10. However, the irony is that he rated it four out of 10. It's kind of funny. (laughs) <laughs> it might have been an inside joke. Who knows? Might have been why I did it. But fuck you, T-Law. 
the aftermath, Travis. Brett would hold the championship until WrestleMania 9 in a lackluster match with Yokozuna, who got blown up immediately and would lose the title to Hulk Hogan 90 seconds later. Razor would get a match with Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 9, but like I said, in my mind, you could have thrown Randy Savage in that, and it would have made more sense than... You could have had Papa Shango or Bob Backlund, <laughs> anybody else. Fucking terrible. Yeah, I don't understand it. Um, one, it would have been a good way to the keep all the time, heat on Razor and add star power. Yeah, you know, it's one of the all-time worst manias of all time. All-time worst. It's, I think it's worse than 11. I really do think it's worse yeah. than 11. At least you because, get one classic match at 11. Yeah, the women's match. That didn't happen because it happens about, the next night. <laughs> talking about Bam Bam and LT, man. <laughs> to be fair, that match had no right to be, to be as good as it was. To be and Sean and Diesel's okay, but um, yeah. I I would still I would still prefer eleven over nine. Um, not nine is just forgettable, other than the the douchey finish of Hogan at the end. Um, but you know, of course, going back, we talk a lot about this stuff happening to the buildup of the King of the Ring episode that we did. Uh, in May 93, Razor Ramon would get upset by a jobber named The Kid who would go on to be the 123 Kid, Sean Walton, which would lead to the eventual babyface of Razor, babyface turn of Razor. With that being pretty much my first, I remember watching wrestling as a kid, but that is the most vivid memory for me is that upset. I remember watching Raw live that night and thinking this guy, because he had been on there weeks before and he kept losing. He was the lightning kid and then he was the kid and he beat him. And I was like, he he won? What? And it, it worked. They made a star out of him. Oh, yeah. And then he, he pretty much rode that for the rest of his career. Like that was kid's career-making moment and he could thank the WWF and Razor for, for that. Well, the thing is, too, man, it didn't hurt Razor at all. It, he was he was a no. chicken shit heel. It, it did not hurt him at all to have that, and he understood that. It's just like when it goes back to the DDP Savage thing. When we find, well, I hope we get to cover one of those matches soon, uh, because it, it's kind of the same concept. Savage understood it. Savage got the business, and that's that's the thing. Like Mister Perfect, I mean, really took Razor under his wing and showed him a lot of things and how to make stars and people in the AWA. And uh, and you got to think, man, Razor went through a lot of shit. He was a diamond stud in WCW. So uh, he knew to continue to have people to wrestle and work with, he needed to help make people. And this kid needed a break. I mean, what, what did it hurt? He tried to do the same thing for Jericho in WCW later on, just didn't really have the same effect because they didn't push Jericho afterwards. But um yeah, man, uh, it was. It, it, I love that moment. I didn't see it live, but I remember watching it over and over again growing up because it was always on best of Raw tapes. So it's it's a it's a probably a landmark moment from the first year of, of Monday Night Raw. It's probably the most viewed moment of Monday Night Raw from '93. I'd say it's still. I mean, like I said, it's very vivid for me as a kid watching Raw. So it left a lasting impression on me. And um, we grew up and watched. You know, sadly, you know. Scott Hall is not with us anymore, but him and Sean Waltman pretty much are a whole adolescent until we, you know, became adults, you know, even in, they were wrestling in TNA. So, um, it's, it's still a really cool. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Yeah, you're right. So bad. You're right. Brett would win King of the Ring, like we talked about on our past episode, the, the entire run of Brett and him telling Hogan to go fuck himself. Uh, respect to you, Bret Hart. I love you. Uh, he would go on a feud with Jerry Lawler pretty much throughout the rest of the year until Lawler had his little incident, which we talked about on the Owen Hart versus Bret Hart episode. A lot of these episodes are starting to intertwine and connect because we've covered a lot of this time with Bret. So uh, it, it's pretty cool. Um, Bret or Razor, on the other hand, he would uh, in October enter into a battle royal to crown a new Intercontinental Champion after Shawn Michaels was suspended due to testing positive for steroids. Shawn infamously talks about this on his Heartbreak and Triumph uh, DVD, and he basically said that he wasn't doing steroids. He was literally just popping pills, and steroids were in there. So, mm -hmm. I mean, do you believe him? Do you not believe him? But at the same time, he makes a valid point. He's like, I was plumpy. He's like, why would I take steroids? I was about, I was about to say that. He was kind of a hefty 
hefty little guy. And, and Kevin Nash talks about it. They did a uh, two dudes with attitude, uh, uh, like untold or something. I used to love those oh, on the so WWE good. network. They oh, don't do them anymore. Great. But he was they still do on Peacock. He was talking about how Brett Peacock. that Sean was laying on the magazine cover, and Sean hated the cover of the magazine because it showed he had like some rolls down there. And that's around the same time he was the Intercontinental Champion. And uh, Kevin Nash said he was so pissed off they put that picture as the cover of the magazine because he looked <laughs> fat on it. Yeah, so, I mean, believe what you want. I mean, I actually believe Sean on this one. I don't see him, especially with the way that the steroid scandal was going on in 93 to 94. I uh, I highly doubt that he was doing them. So, um, the this Battle Royal, though, was different. It took place on Raw, uh, with the final two men having a singles match the following week to crown the new champion. The final two, I believe it's like the final four. I think it's Martel the Quebecers and Razor and Razor fights off both Quebecers and it comes down to Martel and Razor. Uh, the very next week, Razor would win the, uh, the Intercontinental Championship. I also remember this very vividly. I remember watching it live, quote unquote live, because it was taped, but uh, on Raw, uh, which would set up Razor and Sean feuding over the Intercontinental Championship uh, into 94. And Martel and Razor have a good little match. It was on the uh, WWF a raw prime cuts tape. It was on the cover the video. That was the first time I remember watching it. Yep. It was on the cover. Cause he has him in the uh, Boston crab and he's wearing those light blue tights. I very vividly remember that. I swear to God, I remember all this stuff. It's crazy. I can't remember what Landry tells me God to do from day to day, but I can remember, I can remember this shit. It's weird. <laughs> God. How do we get married? I guarantee it. I know dude. No fucking, I don't know. <laughs> we lucked out. I guess. <laughs> Well, that's all I got, Travis. So, what do you? What would you rate this match out of ten? Uh, I give it an. I give it a solid eight, man. I like the match. I think they do a lot of pull some stuff out that we'd not really seen before. They use that ref trick. Um, it's a star making performance for Razor. Uh, he never really, you know, leaves the mid card after this. He's he's never really a heel again after he becomes, you know, the kid beats him and all that stuff. So. Um, this is like his really only heel run in the WWF. So I think it's a great match. I think Brett did his best to make Razor a, a bona fide, you know, main eventer here, upper mid Carter. And the the finish was inventive. They and Brett Brett made sense, told a great story in the match, and then Razor, you know, was underhanded, did things that he needed to do to try to to try to beat Bet Brett, be that heel. So I, I give it a solid, you know, eight, eight point two five. I agree. I, I was thinking about it uh, before I even asked you. I was I was going to say eight. Um, I feel like um, for what they had, because it really this is only a couple weeks build to this. There's not much, mm -hmm. and they use you know Owen. He used uh, these promos, the promos that we played earlier, and um, I, I liked it. I think it was great. I think it was easy to you know put Razor in a position to make him feel like a big star. You know, on top of you know putting him in the tag match at Survivor Series and this. Um, they kind of slated him, you know, I just, like I said, I feel like they fumbled it at the rumble or at WrestleMania. They should have utilized him versus Savage because it would have made him a bigger heel. And, you know, I, it is what it is, but yeah, I, uh, I had fun researching this one. I had fun going back and watching this show, um, to that point because it, you know, we're in a weird spot and it's weird how I'm tying in everything with 92 WCW and, um, you know, Razor debuts in 92, and Brett wins the title in 92. So 92 is a very influential year as well. Yep, and you're getting closer and closer to catching up to the Rumble with uh, WCW. And yeah, I'm in July of 92, so it's been fun watching that. Um, really quick, it was fun watching it, and like I was like, dang, Travis, there's a really good two out of three falls match uh, between Steve Austin and Barry Windham for the – uh, TV title, and then I realized Brandon suggested that match. It was already on the list as I went to pull it up, and you were over at the house, and I was like, oh, I already got it on here. Well, and then there was also a good Austin versus Zabisco match, but then it's kind of ruined by some outside interference at the end, but we were sitting there like, man, maybe we should put this match on there, and then got to the end of it, and we were like, mm, Bobby Eaton, Alabama Jam off the top rope. Kind of ruined it. It was good. It was good. So, Travis, we're on to my favorite part of the show, like I say every week, the will of names, the will of destiny. If you guys are new to the podcast, this is how we decide which match we're covering next week. What we do is we have a list between each other, and our friends suggest matches as well. 
uh, we put them on our uh, on a little list, our recommendations, our wrestling recommendations. Uh, we take all those matches, we put them into uh, a randomizer, will of, the wheel of names. Uh, we shuffle it and we spin it. Whatever it lands on, that's the match we cover. Of course, we've been covering matches. Uh, we have matches on the list from 1977 all the way to 2023. There's you know some current matches on there that we just had. Um, but they cover pretty much every wrestling company you can think of. WWF, WWF, WWE, WCW, TNA, uh, AEW, Ring of Honor, UWF, New Japan Pro Wrestling, NGW, the show I'm involved with here in Tennessee. Uh, there's a good variety of stuff on there. Um, Travis, what do you think we're going to get this week? Give me an AEW match so I can talk shit about it and tell Eric and Scott to go fuck themselves the entire episode. <laughs> you know, I have my heart set on it. I'm thinking Page and Savage from 97. Spin it. Spin it. Call on my shot. We're at 299 matches right now, and the list is ever growing. So we're going to spin the wheel and make the deal. It is spinning. I really wish people realize like this is a hundred percent real. It's we have no idea it's spinning right now and it stopped. This is, this is going to be an interesting one. This one has a lot of fun stuff to talk about the shield versus the Rhodes brothers from battleground 2013. I dig it. It's a, that's a good match. Good feud. Good and story. What could have been man? What could have been? Cause it's pretty much the downturn of Cody Rhodes and the WWF after that feud. Cause they don't do anything with him after that. Stardust, That's baby. Amazing. I'm going to try everything in my power to get Cody Rhodes to give me a quote for this match and what he, what he thinks of this match. Uh, I think that would be really cool to get a quote from him. Um, but yeah, guys, that's going to be a fun one. That that show sucks balls. That's pretty much the only match on that show that's actually good. So I'm really excited to cover that. You get to see Dusty. Dustin comes back. Uh, and then, like you said, Cody, has a he pretty much has a star-making performance because no one really had gotten to the Shield. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan was about the only one. Um, but he... Mm-hmm. No one else really got to him. So this is one of the first times they, they eat a clean loss. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, they win the tag titles from him. So... It's pretty cool. Travis, let's polish this episode off, man. What you got for me? Uh, nothing much, man. No, just still selling stuff on the Ebays over there at TGL, the man 12. Uh, going to work on getting some stuff set up for that. Um, working on price and stuff for the Smoky Mountain Collectors uh, Con that me and you and Eric and Brandon and Skip are all kind of participating in. Uh, that's going to be October 13th and 14th down here in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's uh, $5 admissions, two-day two day event. We've got a three-table spread, three-tabler. Uh, get ready for that. Um, I was on, the wrestle, on with the Wrestle Purists this past week. Uh, episode's up now for Hogwild 96. Be sure to check that out. We shit on uh, Sturgis and Bikers and all this other, the goodness that was WCW in 1996. Um, and also... Uh, shout out to the guys of Bleeding John, man. We record on Tuesday nights now, so I don't sit there on my phone and you know keep refreshing to see if Moxley bled when those guys post their tweets or X's or posts or whatever you want to fucking call them now. Um, but you know we, we like we like those guys over there. They're they're good they're good brothers, good people. So uh, and they deal with a lot of schlock trying to find out if Moxley bled. So good on those guys. Uh, and uh, just a big shout out and a fuck you to Eric and Scott who tell me to put over AEW every week and I will not put over AEW until we get a match uh, from them because Tonicon can suck my balls. So I, I was just looking because um, I was curious. I remember this this show had a weird significance to me and I couldn't remember why the Battleground show that we're going to cover uh, the Shield versus uh, Cody and Dustin. This was the day before Kalen was born, and I was trying to bootleg this in the hospital the night be- the night before so I could watch it because I couldn't order it or anything. That's just so funny. I was like, I remember when did I see this at? And uh, that's, it's just wild. I was just thinking about that. It's a fun little tidbit. Uh, but yeah, guys, definitely check out the our good brothers over at the Wrestling Purists. I'm going to be on there this week. I think we're recording on Thursday, maybe. Um and we're doing SummerSlam 2002, one of the greatest cards of all time. Um, like I, said, I always say, if you're the worst match on your card is Test versus Undertaker, not a bad show. 
Yeah. Oh, and you're you just uh, gave yourself away, man. You got a negative recording date there. You're like one day one day ago. Technically, we dropped Dude, up on we've been Friday, watching WCW. So this you, is nothing new. This is nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. What's up, Bill Watts? Bill Watts comes out for fucking everything on these fucking shows too. We're gonna hook him up. So he always that's like his thing. Tony Khan t-shirts made. Tony Khan hook him up. <laughs> you probably no, I, I believe Bill Watts would kick could kick my ass. I don't think Tony Khan could kick my ass. I, I stand by that. So Tony Khan laying the challenge down. Come on the podcast. Let's let's talk. Um, no, let, let Brandon Lane mess. Uh, Brandon A. Lane wrestle with Tony Khan and fight him. That'd be great. <laughs> Remember that episode of South Park where Cartman fights the little person? It says Carolyn, yeah, go I to do. the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would be like. Hey, oh, man. hey, uh, I will, I will, I will, I will put over AW one thing. Good, good luck to you guys on your all-in show this weekend. Uh, Eighty thousand, uh, almost ninety thousand people is no, no small yeah. thing. So you know, yeah. Shout out to Please those babe. guys for that. I, I will babe. put you over for that. <laughs> Don't stink. Yeah, that's a that's an, a wrestling etiquette that needs to be talked about more. Just wash your ass, dude. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Wash your ass. Put some deodorant on. Go. Dude. If you can't find 10 minutes in your day to wash your ass and put some deodorant on, don't go anywhere. Stay at home. No one else wants to smell you. And that's the, that's just not for wrestling you know shows. What we that's just do? in general. You know what we should do? We should start. We should do a PSA at the end of every show to wash your ass. Have Brandon this is record. Your, your wrestling public service announcement reminding you, if you're going to go to any local show, independent show, or big name show, Wash your ass. Professional show. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, guys, uh, check us out. Check us out on social media, on Facebook, and on TikTok at Wrestling Recommendations. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Recom, R-E-C-O-M-M. And uh, yeah, NGW guys as well. Uh, Cody's on vacation right now. When Cody comes back, we're going full promoter mode. Um, we're almost like a month and a half away from our next show, October 8th at uh, Knoxville for a Nightmare in the Old City. So stay tuned for announcements for that at nextgentn.net where you get tickets. But Travis, next week, the Rhodes Brothers versus The Shield. I'm really excited to cover this. Let's do it. Until next week, guys, I'm Eddie and this is Travis and we'll talk to you then.